Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Capital Adulting Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Gardner, and as always, it's great to be back with you again today. So when I first started this whole Capital Adulting concept, it began with a website, right? Really, even before that, it started with the idea of wanting to help young folks, you know, teenagers, young adults, really help position them to, you know, build a strong foundation to to start their lives, whether that was, you know, in academia, starting a career, making big decisions, but, you know, personal, professional decisions, uh, really kind of the full scope of life's responsibilities, right? So that began with a website, started writing some articles, and then I shifted over more to the, the podcast format, right? But if you go back and listen to the, the first podcast I released, um, I think it's titled just The Mission, I kind of laid that out in a lot more detail of what I was looking to accomplish um, through this. And so, of course, I love talking about the technical, I suppose, like more the mechanical side of things, right? Of like just, you know, positioning yourself like how to you know negotiate for a higher salary how to how to budget how to build credit how to you know get started on the investing front right it's kind of what i would i would call more of your your standard tools in your in your toolbox there but in line with that broader mission i want to go beyond that and i have in previous previous episodes before um looking more into the mindset and the perspective and just the approach that it takes to be successful and to separate yourself from others. And again, to like, to exponentially build on top of some of those, you know, routine mechanical things to do in life. So that's where we're going to focus today. I know the last couple have been a little bit more technical last week. We got a lot more technical looking at inflation and interest rates, but this week let's talk more on the psychological side. Uh, as you can guess by the name of the podcast, we're going to focus on forging your own path in life, right? Why is that important? Life is not linear, right? For those of you who are type A planners like myself, you know, you might have the next, who knows, 15, 30, the rest of your life, you know, chart it out. You know what's going to happen. You have timelines, you have milestones to accomplish. Great. Some folks aren't necessarily like that. In either case, though, it's not it's not that linear, right? It's not that easy where we can't just boil life down to check some boxes and hey, if I you know if I reach this milestone, then I will for sure reach this next one on this sort of timeline. It just it's not that simple, right? Things will not always go according to plan, and it, hopefully we've we've drawn some learning lessons from the last few years, but. You know, in very few periods of, of human history have we seen such dynamic changes in terms of plans being, you know, totally thrown out the window and having to to be to adapt beginning with COVID and everything that's transpired since then. So in that kind of space, right, where where nothing is absolute, we're always working in an area of uncertainty. Like how how do we accomplish what we set out to do? How do we find that fulfillment in life where we really do derive satisfaction from the things that we're participating in, the people that we're helping, whatever it might be, right? How are we finding that fulfillment? And we're going to dive a little bit more into at least 
my philosophy on it, and it probably will echo elements of previous episodes I've done. I will try to keep this around the 30-minute mark, but we'll see, right? Because it it does go deep, right? It starts with a lot of self-reflection and just self-awareness, understanding who you are, right? And then understanding, you know, at your core, what's most important, what, what you want to do in like sifting out the noise around you. What are those internal pressures that you put on yourself? Like, are those legitimate? What about the external pressures? Are those influencing you in a way that they shouldn't be, right? So when we're thinking in those terms, where where do we even begin, right? How do we even get started there? And again, this is this is my take on it. Different systems might work for different folks, of course, but me being the very logical, analytical type mind, where I always begin is setting end goals, right? If you're thinking about a journey and you're just charting it out, right? Or it's even like a, take a road trip. Say you want to drive, I don't know, from Santa Barbara up to Seattle. How can you plan anything along your road trip unless you knew your end destination was Seattle, for instance, right? Like if you had no idea if you're going north, if you're going east, heck, you may even be so disoriented you might go west and you just drive straight in the ocean, right? So that's where I begin. What's the end goal at this point in time with the understanding that as life evolves and new things happen and there are new developments out there that could shift priorities could change goals could change right but at a point in time we have to decide what's our end point so that way we can try to understand what do we need to do in between from where we're at today to reach that end point right and you know like i said it does start with self-awareness but i think even at a more baseline level than that, it's about like what quality of life you know, do you want to live? You know, what what is most important? What are you going to prioritize? Because we just have to face it. There are trade-offs in life. That's just that's part of the equation. Something that's been, you know, for those of you who who know me, um, you and for those who don't, um, you know, like I'm originally from Texas originally from the Dallas area, right? So came out to Santa Barbara, been here, uh, it's going into my eighth year now, started with school, now continued into the professional side of things. Um, And there's a very clear trade-off as someone who's very financially minded, right? You take baseline objectives like owning a home, like doing certain things, living a certain type of lifestyle, Right. There's obviously a very clear trade off just from my personal experience in terms of what you can what you could do in Santa Barbara versus Dallas. Right. So that's a very basic example. But we have to think about, you know, like how like with a bigger picture, like how do you want to grow your career? Like what what do you want to be doing? What do you enjoy doing? And understanding like, hey, maybe, you know, at what point do I do I do something I do I enjoy work wise that comes with a financial cost? Like let's say I'd really like to you know be a part of a nonprofit. So maybe you 
except because the work is rewarding. You accept, you know, the lower financial return on it or the inverse. Maybe you say, hey, I want to live, you know, want to live in the fast lane, want to be the high flying person here. I you know, want to figure out how I can make as much money as I can because that'll allow me to do all the other things I like, even if the direct work I do isn't enjoyable. So that's where the trade-offs come in, right? And you could apply that to pretty much any decision across the board is we we just have to we just have to accept it. I think we we spend way too much time hoping for the best or hoping to find the perfect combination of all the perfect things, right? Of like I want to be in the dream location with the dream job, with the dream lifestyle, this and that. And it's great to want to work towards that, right? But we do have to have a realistic lens to it, you know, be prepared for trade-offs. Just hope in general just isn't a strategy, right? And as we're thinking about, you know, once we've established what our end goals are, so, you know, what, what, where we want to go, where we want to be, who we want to be around, those sorts of things, now we can start working backwards, right? And that begins with just understanding a timeline, like, Say, hey, I want to own a Lamborghini. I want to, you know, that's my end goal. And my timeline to do it is I want it to happen in the next 10 years. Great. Now we know the end point. Now we know the timeline. We can step back and start filling in the gaps. Or maybe it's, hey, I have, you know, in 10 years, I want to be married and have three kids, something like that. Right. Okay. We understand the end point. Or maybe in 40 years, you want to retire with $10 million in the bank or a $20 million net worth, or you want to spend, you know, you want to live by family and have that support and that community, right? All those different things starts with understanding what that endpoint is and when you want to accomplish it. And then we start working backwards from there. But as you look at those end goals, and I really do want to emphasize this, when you're looking at those end goals, what is influencing your desire or your push to reach those specific milestones, right? So there's, from from my perspective, there's, there's a couple different key forces in play. Um, there's, of course, like your, you know, internal influence, like your inner voice, right? Which I, I can't even speak to the psychology of it. But maybe you have an abundance of self-confidence. Maybe you have a lack of self-confidence. And so maybe that's pushing you to shoot too high or shoot too low, right? So it does take a, take a bit of self-reflection there and saying, okay, what, what am I saying to myself internally in regards to these end goals? Why did these stick out to me? And, you know, why, do I, why am I thinking that these are important, right? So that's kind of the first part. And that's... That's an influence that I think we all are a bit more in tune with, right? Like, I know for me, I have a pretty clear driving force around wanting to make a positive impact in everything that I do, helping other people out, and not regretting kind of what I'm involved in. And so... I guess the the visual that that internally pushes me the most to continuously reevaluate and adjust and things like that is 
the idea of waking up in 20 years and just not being happy with my life position, right? Like feeling that I got cornered and have been on this trajectory for a long time, this now irreversible trend where maybe, you know, at that point I'll be in my mid forties and you, you just don't feel like you're anywhere, right? You just will wake up one day and realize, well, you know, this kind of sucks. That is an internal influence of mine where like in terms of my end goals that I'm a lot more in tune, I want to say with what, you know, what I derive satisfaction from because I don't want to wake up 20, 30 years down the road and be like, oh, you know, sure, I did well financially. I've had a successful career, this and that. But does it matter? Like, did I miss things? Like, was that really the best use of my time? That is a clear in- internal influence for me. And that might be something similar for, for y'all out there. And then the other the other side of the coin are the external influences that we face. And these, I've also seen some pretty potent ones in my life. Um, and by that, I mean, think about your family, friends, society at large, even now, you know, social media, we've seen a lot more of a rise of that in the last 10 years. Um, these are all, and there's plenty more, of course. Uh, I mean, we can, you know, what, whatever influences anything around you is an external influence, but these are, these are pretty powerful, right? I mean, you grow up in a family that is dead set on, Hey, you need to pursue this kind of career path. You need to do this. You need to achieve that. Or maybe you didn't have any, uh, I don't want to say guidance. Maybe you didn't have like that sort of familial pressure. And so maybe your bar set a little bit too low and you need a little bit more of a push, right? It can go either way. Um, maybe you have friends that are really ambitious, really overachieving, or maybe not so driven. And they're kind of just just going with the breeze uh, on, on the life front, right? How is that affecting what you want to, what you want to, not only like what you want to accomplish, but what you think you can accomplish, right? That's a huge difference too. If you set your bar too high, you know, is it going to be soul crushing if you come up a little bit short? Or on the flip side, if you set it too low, are you not going to be satisfied or too easily achieve your your end goals and not be satisfied with it, right? So that's something to take into account. You know, when you're looking at the your end point, what's most important? Does it really boil down to something like, hey, I want to put, you know, I want my, my Instagram page to really, you know, show off. I really want to, you know, maybe I just want to shove it down somebody else's throat and emphasize that I'm better than them, right? Maybe those kind of things are coming into play, but that's what we, we need to recognize and account for, right? We need to be able to peel the layers back on our, I guess, life <laughs> onion um, and understand, like, is that really... Is that really what matters the most? Is that being able to show, hey, I have a fancy car and I can post a picture of it on social media? Is that, I mean, maybe that is the most important thing to you. And there's no judgment here. That's that's what this is about, is about initiating the mental thought process around understanding yourself, knowing where you want to go, and how to start executing on a plan to get there. So... 
that's my caution here is you want to understand the influences, the factors, the variables that are going into your, your desired endpoint to try to figure out if that's really where you want to go, right? That's, that's a big thing. Is that where you want to go? You and yourself, not what the internet wants to see, not what your family's pushing you to do, right? That's the first kind of real step here. So if you haven't given that some thought, you know, if you're just kind of walking through this and you say, well, I want to figure out my end goals. Okay. I think I want to get to, you know, I want to have a $10 million net worth when I retire. Your immediate next question should be why, why do, why do I want that? Why do I want to reach that point? Then what's going into that, right? Those are the questions to to start asking yourself, but so let's say this stage kind of following this, this track that I'm laying out here again, perhaps you want to approach it in a different way. This is just how I kind of my lens on life. And I have the microphone, so I'm going to be the one talking. So that you just have to deal with it. Um, so we, we figured out our end destination, what we think our end destination is. We've done a critical analysis of it. We understand the influences that are going into it. And we've, we determined, you know what, like, I know the factors at play, but this is the, this is the direction I want to go in. Great. All right. We have our starting point. That's where we're at today. We have our end point. It's where we want to be on whatever timeline we've decided. So how do we go about achieving that? How do we get started? The, the very first thing to do is to break out of the box the mental box that you may, that we all put ourselves in. We can all think about a time where we just tunnel on one particular thing, like what's right in front of us. That's the most important, right? We are solely focused on that. That's where all our energy and dedication goes to. And if we keep focusing on just putting one foot in front of the the other, for so long with our heads down, how do we know if we're on the right path to our endpoint? right? Again, say you want to go on a road trip and you need to drive north. Maybe you're facing east and your head's down and your first step or the first mile you drive is east because that's what's right in front of you. And then that kind of just gets ingrained, right? It just becomes the pattern and the default. The next thing you know, you've gone 500 miles east instead of the 500 miles north and you're you're totally off track and back to so you could probably connect the dots that's where you end up in that situation i described what my one of my personal fears is is you wake up down the road and you're nowhere near where you want to be and you don't even know if it's possible to course correct at that point so have to break out the mental box and really take ownership of where we're at you know, personally, professionally, where we're at in our lives at this current point in time. Are we making the most of our time? Are we pointing in the right direction? Are we prepared to do what we need to do to work towards our end goals, right? This is kind of a, it's like a two, it's a two-part thing here between taking initiative and taking blame or like taking ownership. I think there's, Really, the taking ownership slash taking, you know, accepting blame 
is almost the first mental, it's the first mental step for a lot of folks. Before you can make forward progress personally, you have to believe that you have the ability to make that progress, right? And if we are sitting around saying, hey, I should be pointed north, I'm pointed east, and that's because, you know, my parents did this, or this part of my job sucks, or, you know, oh, like this event happened, and, you know, oh, dang, life just dealt me a bad hand. Like, I'm stuck facing east, and I'll, I'll never be able to, you know, never be able to adjust. If we're in that position, you can really forget about taking the, the you know, the second part of that equation of taking initiative, right? Because if, if we don't take ownership of what's happened to us or what got us to where we're at today, then we are saying that it's all the, the, the people, the influences around us that put us where we're at today. And that gives us no control to make anything happen, right? Like, if you think about that, how could you affect change in your life today if you firmly believe that everything that has happened to you up to this point is just bad luck, just the way that, you know, the way the cards got dealt, just unfortunate for you, right? If you believe that, then there's no reason to believe that you can do anything different. So that's the first step is, you know what? The past is now the past. That is irrelevant. I need to take stock of where I'm at today, what I need to own, and then start identifying, hey, where are the areas that I can start making those changes? Where can I begin to adjust? And that's that second piece, that taking initiative. Because now it's like, all right, I own where I'm at in life. I know where I want to go. Now it's on me to go out there and make some things happen. So that is taking initiative and accepting blame or really more so differentiating or varying or really throwing away uh, a victim mentality. And then, like I said, that allows you to really reorient around where you can start making progress. Another thing that ties into the initiative piece, right, is not letting life dictate your path. I think I... This one is one of the most painful things to me because we live, and again, speaking from someone here in the States who's, you know, in a fortunate position, but a a lot of folks, you know, the majority of people in the U.S. have more opportunities, more chances to do something unique, do something different, make something happen than any time in human history. Right, and if that momentum continues, that's only going to expand as as life moves on, as more time passes. So why why do we sit there and let life tell us where to go? And by that I mean you're in school, you you know, you go through school, you graduate high school. Most of the time, you're influenced to hey, you got to go to college. Right, gotta go to college. Okay, so now we, all right. Well, yeah, everybody says, everybody says we gotta go to college. So we'll guess I'm going to college. Then we graduate. We graduate, and what does everybody say? Everybody says, oh, well, I guess two things, right? Get a job, or go to more school. <laughs> it's kind of what, 
the vast majority of advice boils down to, right? Well, oh, you know, hey, you're on your own now. You got to provide for yourself. Like, you need to go get a job. And then you get that job, and what does everybody in your work environment and the people around you say? Oh, yeah, like, you know, like, what's what's the next step? How do you want to grow your career? What do you, what sort of work do you want to do? Right? That, and then next thing you know, it's going back to my illustration of waking up in 20 years and you're not where you want to be. Because if we sit there, go to college, you can get a job, you get a handful of promotions, you grow your career, cool. Again, you wake up in 20 years, you're doing solidly, you know, on the professional front. Is that even where you want to be though? Like, are you doing work you want to do? Do you want to get promoted? Are the promotions even jobs that you want to do? That's an important distinction as well. So, stepping back, what's your what's your default on life? Are you taking are you taking kind of the passive stance, or are you more aggressive? You think, hey, there's an opportunity to make things happen. I'm going to borrow that from um, my favorite podcaster, Jacko Willink, <laughs> the default aggressive mentality, because it ties into what I was saying before about ownership and accountability. If if we don't think we can make things happen, and if we don't want to make things happen, then yeah, we're basically resigned to our fate, resigned to whatever life's going to hand us. And now we're back to hope is our strategy, and we're just going to have to hope that good things happen. I don't know about y'all. That's not my style. I'm not I'm not one to to sit here and and wait for things to happen. I want to go out and make them happen. And honestly, back to the idea around breaking out of the box and what I was saying about opportunities, there are just too many different pathways to achieve your goals, right? I mean... Think about going back to our road trip analogy. It's, you know, it might not be as applicable here in the West Coast when you're kind of hemmed in by the ocean, but, you know, back in, say, Texas, there's probably like, you know, you punch in the address of where you want to navigate to, and there's six different ways to get there just within the Dallas area, right? That's how life is. It doesn't, you don't have to say, okay, well, I know my end goal is this. Well, everybody's told me it's college, then work, then promotions, and then I hope I land there. No, I mean, wh- why? Why not, I don't know, college? No college. Get a job, strike out on your own. There's a, a whole bunch of different things, and again, there's so many opportunities there where we just, if I can impl- implore just one thing from today, just staying open-minded, continuing to expand your perspective and seeking opportunities. That's the way to find success. And that's the way to find non-traditional success, which may allow you to reach your endpoint even faster or discover a totally new endpoint that brings you a lot more satisfaction. That is really the one of my key takeaways for today. But there's too many there's too many different ways to get where you want to go. You got to break out of that box. And then when you do break out of that box, you have to ignore the noise. Ignore the negative influences around you. You know, this doesn't mean ignore all advice. In fact, it's really the the opposite. You need to lean on good advice 
but there's the dichotomy where you have to ignore the negative side of it. Okay. There's, there's a lot of, you know, I put in my notes, I have conventional wisdom in quotes, right? Saying, don't let conventional wisdom stop you. Because that goes back to that same thing that I was just talking about of where, oh, well, you know, I, I need to do this because everybody says I need to do it. That's the conventional idea. Great. Well, you know what? Most people, unfortunately, live average lives. And why do they do that? Because they follow the average life plan. That's that's it. They don't have the ambition. They don't have the drive. They don't have the end points that we're talking about and the will to get there. So you need positive influences in your life that say, hey, like you want to start that business? You should do it. Or let's talk about why it's a good idea. Or maybe it's not particularly your best idea and you could do something better. You need those, that positive mentorship and guidance in life. But if you have somebody that's like, oh, no, don't do it. You just, you know, no, like you need to play it safe, play it safe, get a job. No, like don't, don't take that risk. No, it's not worth it. Yeah. And then it goes back to like what I said at the beginning about when you're analyzing your end goals, you start asking yourself why. Okay. Like. I hear you. Why do you think this is a bad idea? Oh, well, you know, like you really do need the stability. You need this or you need that. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's not the kind of advice that you or I need. It's not something. How is that? How is that beneficial to have someone say, well, you're deviating from the normal. That's instantly bad because it's unfamiliar and like it scares me. So I should talk you out of it. That's. Don't let somebody else's fear stop you, right? That's kind of what it boils down to. Somebody else is fearful. Do you have confidence yourself or not? You know, you got to be able to pull that trigger. And it's all about making life your own too. And I think it is great to see that it's becoming more a part of our society than I think it ever has been about being more individualized which has its downfalls for sure but it is something where it's like hey you know what i'm i'm not gonna do i'm not just gonna put my head down and fall in line because it's just not that's not where i want to go right i want to figure out how to how to get where i want to go so there's always going to be people who cast doubt on it don't let them dissuade you right find good counsel ignore the rest of the noise another huge takeaway and this is absolutely imperative If you're going to forge your own path, you have to be willing to fail and you have to embrace it. That's just, that's it. It's just like making trade-offs in life. There's no way around it. You and I will fail. Absolutely. But there's two things you can do with that. One is taking the passive approach, taking the victim approach. Ah, I knew it. I knew it. You know, this person told me not to do this and I tried it and I failed and they were right all along. I never should have done it. Like, ah, maybe I just got screwed and this was, I just got dealt another bad hand. Where does that get us? Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Right. The other way of looking at that is what can I learn from this? What's the silver lining? And what's your and then you ask yourself, what's your default mentality when things hit the fan? Is it is it to spiral downward or is it to figure out 
what you can glean, what you can pull from that experience, that failure, and figure out how to then adjust and solve for it moving forward so that puts you in an even better position. Think about the most impactful learning lessons that you've that you've had in your life. I would bet that most of them came from something bad happening, right? Something, you know, something you got in trouble for, something happened, I don't know, you failed a class, you lost a job, you didn't get a job, you didn't get into a college, crashed a car, right? How so if that's the case, if we're learning our lessons through bad things, then shouldn't we welcome failure? Shouldn't we be huge fans of that? And what does failure tell us? Change courses. Right? That's what it that's what it comes down to. Hey, we failed at something. Well, let's pivot. That's a great thing, right? That is a great thing. That means, hey, you did something new. It didn't work out. You weren't good at it. Now you know you're not good. Boom, on to the next thing. And you can look at what you just failed at and understand, hey, you know what? There are these elements. You know, oh, I started a business and hey, this was great. You know, the idea generation, the content, whatever, like that was great. But where I failed on the execution was, you know, getting it out to people or even seeing if people wanted the information or, you know, apply it to whatever's out there. But imagine looking at failure as a freeing concept because would you rather have something in the back of your mind where you're like, well, you know, hey, I could start that business. I could start that business. Maybe it'd be wildly successful. You know, maybe I would crush it and then I could walk away from my day job that I'm not a huge fan of or, you know, whatever it might be. Would you rather that question just ruminating in the back of your mind forever? Or would you rather take a shot? You go for it. And guess what? It doesn't work. That is incredibly freeing. Now you don't have this mental anguish or torment wondering if that would be the life-changing thing. Like, you know. You know you have a definitive answer. You have a certainty and a life full of uncertainty. And you have learning lessons to take with you and apply to other things. That, my friends, is an incredible feeling. But it's all perspective, right? It is all perspective. If you look at failure, I think about that. Failure can be the most freeing thing out there or a method of imprisonment. If you allow yourself, you see that failure and you spiral and think, okay, well, I'm just going to fail at the next thing, so I'm not even going to try. Or, you know, uh, like... You start something else and you're like, oh, well, I failed with the last thing, so this is probably going to go the same way. And that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's one way you can go with it. Or failure can be freedom, right? So it might be a twist. Might be, it might be a little food for thought there, right? And unfortunately, we do most of our learning the hard way. So I'm just going to fail in life. I mean, imagine doing poorly at something like maybe you lose a job or a business falls apart like and being able to walk away with a smile i mean yeah think about that so let's let's tie it out here 
we all have one shot at life. And that was something that I don't think I really grasped until I got to college. Yeah, it just, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't think about it too much. Maybe it didn't really resonate with me. You know, maybe I was just very blessed and very fortunate growing up to the point where, like, I didn't really need to consider that or I didn't have a driving force to push me to optimize or to do the best that I could, right? But it was really like it took some serious humbling once I got to college and started playing college baseball. It took some, yeah, it took some humbling to recognize that. And that led me to making that decision of, hey, I've only got one chance at this. This isn't just, hey, you know what? Just, it is whatever. Try to hit reset somewhere else. Or, oh, you know, there's always next year. It was, no, no, no. Let me own the condition, the position I'm in right now. And what can I start doing today to get me where I want to go? So that's one thing that I'm going to advise for y'all. If you have one shot in life, make sure you fire wisely. And don't resign yourself to that average life that we were just talking about. You know? Don't just say, you know, I just, I just need, I'm going to see what life hands me. I'm just going to see. I'm going to hope it works out. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to play it safe. Don't, don't do that. What are the chances that that safe, the normalized route are going to lead to your endpoint, right? Your endpoints are yours, not other people's. So why would you follow other people's plans? To try to get to your endpoints, you have to get comfortable doing something unique for yourself, right? It is your life. You own it. You own the people that are in it, the influence you can have on them, the influence they have on you, right? You have to be willing to buck the trends tactfully. You have to defy conventional wisdom when necessary, the take risk when you might want to be risk adverse, those are the things that are going to get you to your endpoint and get you there faster. And at the end of the day, going back to the beginning, right? We start, we start with our end, our end goals, our endpoints. Um, however you want to call those, right? Objectives, milestones, whatever term resonates with you. We need to make sure we're, we're moving in that direction. We're staying in line. I think a lot of people mailed in on this because they're like, well, I'm not a planner or, oh, too many things are going to happen in life. Like I can't possibly like plan out the next 40 years. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to, you don't have to, you just have to know, you have to know where you want to go back to that road trip example. Say there's six different paths. You start down path number one and there's a car accident ahead of you and because you're staying focused on your end goal now, like, do you sit in traffic and go, wow, this sucks. Life is horrible. Like, why am I stuck here? Or you're like, Hey, why don't we, uh, why don't we check that GPS out? Maybe let's, what's our alternate path? Oh, Hey, if I get off on this exit, maybe this is going to take me a little bit longer distance wise, but it's actually going to get me there faster. So staying aligned with your long-term goals is key. Recognizing 
when those change is even more important because again you know we want to we want to know where we want to go so if if that end destination changed now you want to go to i don't know boise instead of seattle on your road trip wouldn't you want to know that before you got to seattle and that opens up as your goals shift maybe that opens up what you want to do you know what opportunities are ahead of you um there's yeah that having that alignment is key so you need to routinely do pulse checks hey am i on the right track um but you don't have to have that exact plan you if you're adaptable if you have a framework that's all you need you have an end goal you have a framework you routinely check in like hey am i on the right track you're golden and these are the things that separate you from the rest of the pack that separate you from I don't even know what's a good way. The robots, right? The people who let everything and everybody around them tell them how to live their lives and they just plod along. Again, there maybe maybe that's the best for, for some folks out there. But I'm just one who refuses, you know, refuses to accept that at the end of the day, really, that... I don't want to look back at my life towards the end and think, well, what what could I have done differently? Why didn't I try that? Why didn't I take that chance? What could I have learned from? You know, why did I just, why did I let life get dictated to me? If we have one opportunity, I don't think any of us should want to be in that position. So that is what I have for you find people today. Now, is that directly related to personal finance? Not quite. Obviously, this is... I don't even know necessarily the term the term for it. Um, I guess you could call it like soul-searching to an extent. But this is, in my eyes, the the bedrock of that foundation that you're trying to build on. You know, like... Think about it. Say you have an end goal of you're wanting to pay for your kid's college. We know the end goal. We know that that means, hey, I need to make income. I need to be prudent. I need to budget. I need to I need to invest. I need to find education-specific investment accounts for my kids. I need to build my kids' credit, right? How can we successfully implement some of the more mechanical, the you know, just basic to more advanced personal financial strategies if we don't understand what we're building towards. And that's just a leadership lesson in general. If people don't know the why behind something, they will never embrace it. That's just, that's indisputable. Think about any time in your life when a new policy or a new procedure has been handed down to you and you sit there and you go, that seems dumb. Why would we do that? And the answer is just shut up and do it. How committed were you to following through on that? To thinking, oh, this is smart. Yeah, let's keep doing that. Absolutely not, right? But if someone says, hey, this policy, yeah, at face value, it seems a little confusing. Totally, totally understand. It is confusing. But here's why. Because if we make this move, this positions us 
to have this information available. So when we want to, who knows, launch a new product, we have that data on hand and accessible, or we can report on it in a certain way and, you know, just continue to extrapolate it out from there. And that applies to more like I kind of gave a half corporate scenario, but the why is so important. The why is what gets you buy-in commitment. So without buy-in commitment, how do we stay disciplined? How do we stay on top of the more fundamental, like, you know, run in the mill financial advice. So quite, quite the monologue today. I, I did preface this by saying I would shoot for 30 minutes. I came into it full well, knowing that 30 was probably, probably impossible because this is the kind of thing where I just get on a roll. I'm I'm passionate about this. I'm really I really care immensely about people making the most out of their lives for not only their benefit, but for the people around them. Like if that's our focus, we spent more of our lives thinking about how we can use our skill sets and our resources and our time to benefit others. Think about how much better how much more fulfilling our lives would be and how much better of a position in the world or our local community would be in, right? I think this is applicable down to the individual level, but also something that you could apply universally. So anyways, hopefully hopefully this gave you all some food for thought. Um, definitely one of, I'd say, definitely one of my more enjoyable episodes, at least just from a creation perspective. So I hope it is beneficial to you all. If anyone has any questions or thoughts, feedback, anything whatsoever, you can always find me, um, social media, LinkedIn, um, email me in granitecapitaladulting.com. Um, yeah. So anyways, we will tie it out there. Appreciate you all. If you have stayed until the end, appreciate you being dedicated listeners. Let me know if you have any feedback. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, take care.